Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Entrepreneurs of Impact, where we unpack and discover all things startup and take you on a journey of what it is like being in the space of having a business and also making an impact. I'm Yaz Grigalinas, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of the world's biggest garage sale. Thanks, Yaz. Yeah, really exciting. And I'm Juliet Murphy, the founder of Floodmap, the co-founder, should I say. We can say founder. Yeah. We kind of really do own it, don't we? <laughs> so much. one thing maybe we should start with, Jules, is share a little bit about like what does the ownership of your business look like? Oh, wow. What does it look like? So, yeah, I guess um, it's me and my co-founder, Ryan, who is also my partner, which can be exciting. Um, and, yeah, we, uh, we're kind of growing the team at the moment. So it's like lots of exciting times um, working out, you know, a growing team and like uh, bringing on new customers and yeah to be honest like that's a tricky question because I think the the ownership of a company like it changes day to day there's always like new challenges and um, yeah exciting things to work on what would you say well I was gonna say actually the one thing we have a lot of things in common that we've learned over the last 10 weeks but probably one of the biggest things in common is we both work with our partners or at least have started our companies with our co-founders being our um, our significant others or totally insignificant yeah. others is there even a right term for that <laughs> I very don't know significant but others. yeah very significant <laughs> others so it, it's probably interesting that out of you know now we're in an accelerator program and our organizations are both being accelerated um, maybe today we can take a moment to reflect we both probably have been a bit guilty of not doing that in the last 10 weeks and think so about true. what have we learned in the last 10 weeks that we are most shocked or surprised by mm. since being in the River City Labs Accelerator program? That is such a good question. I, I feel like I'm shocked every day by something <laughs> different. <laughs> Always new surprises. But I guess like one thing just shocked how quickly things can change from day to day, you know, just how like one day, um, you don't know like if you're gonna you know get on board one customer but then like the next day like another customer will come from completely out of the blue and want something tomorrow or like one customer can seem super keen but then you kind of entering into like more more waiting for months yeah. and so just the um unexpectedness of it all mm -hmm. i guess yeah i certainly agree with you there there's never been two days that have been the same in a row and i think that probably what i've learned and and as a slight backstory, I've come from working long hours in a business where mm. you can grow it and the harder you work, the luckier you become. And, you know, if you really want to do well at something, then you have a bit of grit and a bit of, you know, know-how and the word can't doesn't exist. So none of what's happened in the last 10 weeks has shocked me. But probably the biggest surprise is that even with let's say, um, you know, our listeners might resonate with long hours, mm. right? Most people would classify long hours as part of what we do here. But it's not actually long hours. I feel like things work, work here at double time. Mm. So whether mm. you come in at eight or whether you come in at six and whether you leave at six or whether you leave at midnight, I feel like there's this double time theme and that for every five hours you work, it's like, working 10 hours and yeah. for every 10 hours you work it's like working 20 hours that's yeah. what I've found oh, most I surprising. I totally agree with that and also um, 
I guess the difference from, you know, other jobs I've been at where like it would get to, you know, kind of 10.30 in the morning and I'd feel myself looking at the clock and checking yeah. again and being like, oh, only 10.30, you know, I'll go for another cup of tea and then getting to like 2.30 and you're kind of like feeling sleepy, looking at the clock, oh, I'll go and grab another cup of tea. Like I just don't get that feeling ever now since these 10 weeks, it almost feels like I never look at the clock and yeah. if I do, I'm always like terrified at how fast the time's gone and it's 8 p.m. and and realizing that you know I, like I didn't get up for lunch that day or, yeah. or I only drank one coffee in the morning before I left home and none during the day which is really like a different habit for me like I'm actually have been quite a big tea drinker in mm. the past but just that like a time just evaporates and and that's one because I think to reflect what you said that things are happening you know double times so you're achieving twice as much just working twice as hard mm. but also because um I just love it. I think you're the same too. We love yeah. so much what we do that it, it doesn't feel like work. It's actually just feels like fun and you can just get carried away like you lose track of time. So Yeah, I agree. It's It probably leads into another surprising, um, I guess, moment in time over the last 10 weeks. And that is that I don't think time matters. Like I don't think any of us really think about how many hours we work a week, how many days we work. It's more about outcomes mm-hmm. and everyone is really focused on outcomes based. Yeah. Like what are we trying to achieve? What is our biggest focus? Are we getting the things done that we need to get done? Mm. And time just becomes a number and mm. it's a number that I don't feel like is a big focus for any of us. Would yeah. you agree? Oh, so much. And like even just looking at that um, kind of concept of time and the difference now from going into you know, a startup where it's all about um, software and product and value rather than my previous Mm. background was as a consultant in big engineering firms where we sold time, like we were selling per hour. So you're always measuring time, you're measuring timesheets, you're Mm. writing down on a sub-daily basis which projects and how long you worked for. Whereas this, like, yeah, it's totally what you said. It's it's not about the amount of time you spent on it at all. Like you can be working on one thing for like four weeks to achieve one outcome and be working on something else for half a day and achieve an outcome Mm. but it's all um what value are you actually achieving as an end product not how long it took you to get there yep and so if time and output is one of the biggest shocks for us is there anything for you that is you know you think to yourself okay I've come into this accelerator and this was just totally not what I expected but in a good way Mm. I think, um, yeah, definitely how, I guess, how supportive the whole group has Mm. been. You know, like you might have looked at it from the outside and thought like, you know, it might be a bit of a a competitive atmosphere or Mm. like everyone would be... um, you know, on their own journey and um But we're all hustling to raise money, aren't we? Like yeah. we're all trying to yeah. raise money. We're all trying to raise money from investors. Yeah. So in theory on the surface it could be perceived to be quite a competitive, competitive but it's situation not at all. Yeah. Just like I've been really overwhelmed at just the community and the support I'm yeah. getting from all the other the founders mm. and the founding teams. Uh, how everyone works together. Everyone's willing to just drop what they're doing and give you some advice. Like Royce saying like, hey, Ryan, like, oh, my developers has just sent me this email. Like, what the hell does this stuff mean? And someone jumping in and being like, 
oh, okay, like this is like the AWS, this is what, yeah. you know, this is what's going on, this is how you deal with this. And me saying like, oh my God, my keyboard's not working, yep. technical problems. And I know. people will just run over and help me. And like, I think, um, you know, I've observed that sort of camaraderie in other yeah. workplaces, but I think it's almost more pronounced in, in this co-working space because everyone knows how hard yeah. it is, what we're doing and wants to support each other through mm. the journey. I think that's probably something that, I would have on my top list as well. You're coming in and you're thinking, all right, I've got to hustle. I've really got to focus on this. Our team needs to focus on these goals to achieve these outcomes. Mm. And definitely I feel like my team now and our organisation has expanded to not just the people that work or volunteer or intern for our business, but to every other single person that sits in the cohort of which there's eight teams in total with each team at least having two people. So we kind of have a tribe of 20 plus people now yeah. who really all in a way work together yeah. on each other's businesses to share learnings. Absolutely. And wear each other's t-shirts as well. I know. Like, How know, funny is that? Promote each other's brands. So good. I love it. It's, Team atmosphere. It really is. I don't think for one moment I've ever felt um, intimidated, concerned or thought for a second that any of the other teams are competing with me or yeah. me competing with them. Yeah, absolutely. That's so I totally, cool. Yeah. And I, the other thing I think is that, yeah, just how, um, how do I put this, like how comfortable I've been with being able to ask for help. I yeah. guess something I think I've struggled with before <laughs> in the workplace is, um, yeah, a little bit of like lack of confidence mm. that if you, you know, ask a question out loud, like people, you know, might judge yep. you for not knowing the answer. But just how easy it's been that I just feel like some days I ask, you know, what I might be thinking in my head is the the dumbest question and yep. just so much support from the mentors or um, guest yeah. speakers who come in and like, will you know, draw me a picture on the whiteboard mm. and say, well, okay, this is how, you know, raising equity works and like, this mm. is what a VC firm is and this is how it operates. And like just point out all these things in a really supportive way with no judgment. Like just and I think the good thing about that and why that has like really accelerated me is because it's sort of removed any barriers I yeah. had to be able to learn. So now I just ask, ask, ask. Yeah. And like um, Christo would say, like, <laughs> be greedy, like, you mm. know, get everything you can from a session. Be that person in the front row writing notes and asking questions. Yeah. And uh, you get so much out of the more out of the program because of it yeah I think that when you just mentioned a moment ago as well with the whole front row thing I think what I've learned um is just those little tiny things you can do that have a profoundly uh, significant difference Mm -hmm. as an impact on you so you know I've always sat in the front row I'm a bit of a you know person that likes to be up the front a I wear glasses b I like to really be interested and engaged and Mm. I feel like if I'm too far back then I'm not feeling like I'm a part of the group um and so I've always been a front row sitter and um Peter Ellis calls it front row bandit now which I think is pretty cool um but I realize now that just those little things like sitting in the front row turning up on time just those values you learn probably from your parents or from Mm. mentors at a young age have really started to become almost shapers in the direction that we're going. Like I come, I came into this thinking, you know, how much value can I bring and how much value is this going to be for me um, with no expectation, like no thought of, 
oh, I'm going to get this out of it or I'm going to be able to contribute this. Mm. But I just wanted to be a really good person and do good things by sitting in the front row, listening, participating in all the sessions Absolutely. and just honouring the process of the program and yeah. turning up and showing up to everything that they've put all the work into. Oh, I put a huge and value on that. And I feel like that. that's yeah. been really incredibly valuable and I'm feeling like now that we're 10 weeks in that the value of that has started to snowball do mm, you feel the same mm. oh definitely like yeah I've been to other things where you know someone organizes a session for a group mm, of people yeah and then no one turns up because they don't need it and that's like that there is two sides to it I understand meetings come up and founders can be busy but um that means for the organizers of it, it is incredibly hard. Like, and yeah. the guest speaker has also taken time out of the day to come along and run a session for you. So I think, it, yeah, it is important to make the effort to um, to turn up. And yeah, I so I try and yeah. be really organized with it and yeah. pre make sure everything's in my calendar and try and like schedule other meetings uh, around, around the content. Yeah. Um, try and just get as much as I can from that content because in the end, we are here to learn. So. You know, if it gets to the end of the program and I haven't attended the sessions, then sort of why did I really come in here? And so that's my perspective as well. <coughs> that's really um, a great point you make there, Jules, because some of the sessions you could look on the surface and go, oh, you know what, I've kind of got that. Like if yeah. it was an engineering session, I imagine that you'd automatically think, oh, you know, <laughs> I got this one in the bag. And me with sales, like, yeah. I, you know, I've sold um, and been in sales and operations for most of my career in theory, on the surface, I probably don't really feel like I would learn too much, but mm. I don't think that way. I guess, I guess that's probably the lesson that we've that I've learned is to never assume. Yeah, and well, you know, that's don't a think good lesson for me. <laughs> you might go, you know, what I'm pretty good at sales, or I'm great at engineering, but I actually feel like that the experiences and the storytelling that occurs magically in those sessions really teaches you more than you think you could ever learn mm -hmm. and you just even to just be in the room sometimes with people who ad hoc will share something that might not have been choreographed on their presentation mm. I feel like there's a lot of magic missed if you think for a moment and you have an assumption that you might not need something because you're skilled in that area so mm, definitely you don't know what you don't know and you don't know everything so I think you just mm. got to turn up and show up and that's probably something that I think is really important yeah it's like those um missed opportunities like yeah you don't know until you go along you know yeah so yeah. that's like probably a really good learning we could um give to anyone else sort of considering um going into an accelerator mm. program is that to be aware that uh, there often is quite a big time commitment yeah but it can be really valuable um if you commit to it and yeah. and take it all all seriously, so I guess in our program, like we usually do, um, probably a, a Monday, uh, a few meetings or two deep dives. So maybe like let's say be three real. Hours Hold on, on a, a Monday. Okay, let's be real. A couple of hours on a Tuesday. Monday and Tuesdays, you're we don't screwed. Get any day. You get no yeah, work let's done. Let's be realistic. Let's be real. Okay, heaps of sessions. Nothing gets done on a Monday usually or Tuesday. Usually, a session on Tuesday yeah. with a speaker. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, Friday lunch and pitches. So we are sort of giving it's up, about up half to two days of yeah. maybe or half a week up for sessions that... Um, On the surface, Sometimes though, you feel like stressed because it's hard to, to fit in your things. But, yeah, I think as we've sort of acknowledged, if you take this perspective and see it as an opportunity and not a limitation and go along to really mm. learn and really make the most of it, 
then it can just be, you know, priceless, just really valuable. So, but something to consider, like, and, you know, what you're looking for and what you're really wanting to get out of Mm. a program before you apply and and go in it, that there will be a time commitment. It's not just sort of, you know, an incubator or or a co-working place where you go and sit and work on your business. It really is quite Mm. hands-on. Um, yeah. But that's a good thing if, if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, and I think that probably the best thing we could do is be really honest and transparent and that if you're going to come into an accelerator and think for a moment that you can just come in and, you know, just get your job done and maybe go to a session here or there, I feel like the, the, that you're setting yourself up for failure the reality is I think in all accelerators there's going to be a commitment of meetings as we just Mm. said before in this particular accelerator it is at least two days if not two and a half days of our week pretty Mm. much every week not Mm. to mention the corridor time that you have with people people like amazing people like yourself and some of the other founders and so really what happens We got some extra people in our room today. Yeah, some uh, guest. Hi to the. Let's say hi to the guest audience. Hi, Laura. Hello. Hi, Laura Ben. And Ben joining us here. <laughs> Yay! But um, so the reality is, and my my advice is this: I came in not knowing how much time I would need to dedicate to the learnings and the mm. mentoring and all of the other um, programmed in sessions, but I took to it with an open mind. I probably had one ranty McRant week where I, I went. I remember that. I think I was feeling the same that week. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I'm in meetings all the time. This is just ridiculous. I can't get any work done. And I just was overwhelmed and I had my rant yeah. and then I was fine. Yeah. And the reality is it's priceless. Those sessions are valuable. Get in the front row, participate, be a good student and if you need to get more work done, then the reality is, let me just tell you, you can work. You just got to stay back, you and you just got to come in early. Dead, you know, like yeah. yeah, and that is something that I mean, and I think yeah, maybe not something I learned specifically because I think I always used to be a bit of a hard worker and doing my startup on the side yeah, in the evenings yeah, the anyway, at weekends. Mm. I'm sort of used to it, but just um, I think a lesson I've really learned is. Um, just further learning about like you know controlling my emotional intelligence yeah. and that real skill and being able to you know if you're feeling really stressed from lots of meetings but you still have lots of work to do and you have to still focus on doing something with your team to just be really aware of the way you're feeling why you're feeling stressed what you can do to make yourself feel better like whether it's go get a mm. cup of tea and take a deep breath get some water you know go for a walk and and come back take yep. a few deep breaths and just come back to it and yeah um, and it will be yeah, there just be when you're always yeah. ready to to have your best self yep. on to work because that's what the team and the company needs like in the mm. end we're the ones you know that are the founders like running this company and you you can't do that if you're sort of gonna react poorly to stress yeah. so you really need to know how to manage yourself you do and you kind of have no choice because like you sit across the desk from me slightly to the right and Ryan sits not far from me and I could literally, Dan and I play footsies all day long. You are on top of people who are not in your team. So there's this big risk of distraction, but there's also this 
transparency that you get to see all the cobwebs yeah. of the oh, other teams absolutely. and it's raw and real sometimes like today like so um you know and the audience probably has all their own views yeah. on this but i am still a word person i like word it's what i know <laughs> i've used office for 10 years ryan is like he's very progressive he's like a google. lifetime learner and he's yeah. so smart and he's all google like yeah. he's up on it and like we were just like we always get Battling. into this little <laughs> debate about like which is better and why. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm sure like some of the other teams could like see the tension. And I don't like I don't even care because no. I mean it's team efficiency. We've got to get it out in the open, progress, solve the problem. And yeah, so, yeah it is like Whereas you do get to know some in the workplace. Of the stuff would you that's have going on. if you were having that same situation with someone in the workplace? Would you have got up and taken that to a room? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. how much time would you have wasted just yeah, so just much. to work through? Is it yeah. Word or Google? But here I'm like I. Don't I actually don't care if the team knows my views no. on Word and Ryan's yep. views on Google, but this has to be sorted out now. And I love it. I love it. We moved through it. And you <laughs> did. Still- and I didn't even know what you guys were ranting about, but I knew that something was going on and I was just totally able to um, to turn off because you can turn the noise off around you. Um, so I love it. I, and I remember one of my most pivotal moments in first week one or two when you kind of gave it to Ryan oh. a little <laughs> about something he did. <laughs> That you weren't comfortable yeah, with and you yeah. totally just said, Ryan, I'm really uncomfortable that you did that and you did this in front of everyone and I'm like, well, she just totally owned that. And yeah. what I loved about it is I think it set the scene for this whole, you know what, we're a team and we're going to yeah, see each other's dirty laundry we and we to. just have to be accepting of that. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you now, what do you think is the biggest challenge for the future for you and your the team? The biggest challenge mm. for the future. Oh, so many challenges. Which one to pick? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're going to have one of the biggest challenges and, and from some of the reading I'm doing is going to be finding talented yeah. people. Like it's a real um, challenge Australia is facing in finding tech talent, mm. um, finding people that have, I think, you know, actual university degrees in computer science mm. or um, – IT development, uh, engineering even is like sort of way over, you know, more demand than mm. there is supply. Um, and so I think there's this real skills shortage emerging as I think, you know, Australia really is pouring um, energy and funding into the tech community. Mm. So there's like lots of tech startups yeah. that are coming out with this incredible um you know, new innovative uh, products, but just how are we going to, um, yeah, get the human yeah. talent to, to progress it forward, I think will yeah. be a real challenge. So, yeah, for all the, you know, developers out there who are thinking of joining a startup. Like, get yeah, in the startup space, get, maybe. Get into it, yeah. <laughs> Don't go into corporate Australia. <laughs> yeah. Come and join Come us, and support us crazies over here. Because I think, um, I mean, we were just like so lucky to find our first couple of employees and, um, yeah, couldn't really have asked for anyone better. But I do think that, you know, as we look for more developers Mm. and and more engineers that we are facing a challenge, particularly because early startups, like maybe, you know, we can't compete. We don't have the money to pay people. The FIFO salaries (laughs) that mining companies can or, you know, like Mm. so it's a real challenge for us. Um, Another challenge, I think... You know, it's just managing our our risks in yeah. terms of um, safety, um, mm. resilience, and you know some of the like legal risks that come into that as well. So there's yeah, you know, a lot of discussions with lawyers and getting our contracts right, and mm. lots that it, lots behind the scenes that are going into our product um, QA testing yeah. and that extra level of certainty before release that, mm. you know, I've seen sort of some other startups, depending on, on what your product is, it is a little bit 
easier to release early and, and develop as you go with continuous sort of feedback mm. from users and, and fixing bugs. But because our product is about safety and people are relying on us for yeah. adequate messaging to get out of their homes safely, you know, we can't afford those system downtime so we really we have some big challenges in mm. terms of getting the, the right people and managing our risk so in comparison to um our organization we can kind of wing things a bit more than you can um <laughs> safety is obviously very important <laughs> in our company too don't get me wrong but we don't um we're not trying to evacuate people from their homes in order to save their lives or their livestock or other important things that can't be easily replaced um so I guess that's an interesting perspective because, you know, if I look at our biggest challenge, I think legal is still our biggest challenge as well. And just navigating the legal world. Mm. I think a lot of us come into this accelerator and come in as a startup. And unless you are of that ilk or you're coming in with a focus on legal and structure, it's probably one of the biggest challenges. I feel like, and no offence to all the legal eagles, I have a lot of friends who are lawyers (laughs) out there, um, I almost feel like it slows us down. It's like we have to do the legals. We've Mm, got to make sure that mm. it's all right and we absolutely have to. So even though our organisation is much less risk, um, I guess, aware than yours needs to be, um, I feel like legal is probably a common theme in in that just having that as a possible challenge in the future. Maybe what Mm. we could perhaps give us some advice maybe in 10 weeks because we're totally experienced startup founders now after 10 weeks of being in this accelerator, um, come in with a little bit of legal understanding and Mm. maybe go and talk to other people in the startup land and ask them lessons specifically around that boring stuff. Again, Mm. not not to be offensive, but you're not building your product. It's got nothing to do with tech. It's not about the excitement and the social media and the networking and the events. It's Mm. a really critically important part of your business Mm. that could blindside you if you don't keep it in at the top of mind at the start. So I think if I was to say... A challenge in the future is definitely legal, but I think you can mitigate against that by having a little mm. bit of legal speak. Go to events. Mm. I know McCullough Robinson, heaps of other um, really large and even small legal firms here in Brisbane. They have com- um, conferences, events and sessions on all the time, breakfast. So good. Go yeah. along to those things even before you jump ship yeah, and start in- your own startup. Inform yourself for sure. And the other piece of advice I'd have to, to founders like looking to get, you know, their legal set up is mm. have a real think about going to a lawyer that's like, well, um, across startup specific Mm. law because you could one save yourself a lot of money two save yourself a lot of time Mm. um you know there's all of these corporate legal firms out there that you know may be able to help but it's going to get really expensive and part of that is because they they might not necessarily be across all the specific documents that startups need (coughs) whereas there's a lot of other firms out mm. there like um yeah there's a couple of them that you know i've heard of like legal vision law squared mm. um there's a couple of other ones but i think because they work with mm. startups all the time they're able to like offer things a little bit more in startup price yeah. range and know exactly what our specific requirements are definitely and and probably to round that whole entire question and thought process up is get out of your comfort zone and come to some events. Go to events and meet people because mm. I know most of the really cool startup legal experts around this hub especially, they're all at the events, the yeah. networking drinks, the networking events. There's plenty of free food, plenty of free 
beer mm. um, and lots of amazing people to yeah. learn from. So, we are, uh, you know, I probably Coming think... Coming to the events, it's that, almost as yeah. good as being in an accelerator if it you is. aren't. Yeah, like I've learned so much from going along to startup meetups, yeah. um, you know, Google Cloud meetups yeah. or like whatever kind of theme it is from just meeting people in the community just and just getting out there. Get for, out there and yeah, network. For a drink. So I want to think now... What would I think 10 weeks ago, what's something that I would do differently if we could reverse, like rewind, like an old tape mm. and press play from the start again? So mm. I'm trying to think of what I would do differently. What Gosh, would you do that differently? is a difficult question. But you know what? I think what I've learned the most is 10 weeks and what I'd probably do differently um is in some of my sales meetings Mm. just go in like a little bit more confident like Mm. I've learned a lot about uh confidence um in enterprise sales Mm. and so looking back at how I I used to go in like it was with you know a lot of uncertainty and Mm. I think that kind of uncertainty um, like it does rub off on mm. whoever you're trying yeah, to sell to. Yeah, they see that lack of confidence or that. So you just yeah. got to be like, yeah, you're you're a startup. You're always, you know, continually improving mm. and um, doing stuff on the fly. So you just got to go in there with confidence and say like, yes, I can do it. This is what we can do. Um, it's innovative. It's mm. new and jump on board and this is why. And then make it happen. Like don't um, – yeah, kind of propagate that doubt. And I think like, yeah, Lou and, and Christo in particular have been really good at giving me some techniques to mm. kind of overcome that and their best sort of sales advice, which has really helped. So t- 10 weeks ago, and probably was a bit of a, a different person when it came to sales. Yeah, I think as you were talking, I was trying to imagine what I would do differently. I actually think mine's really boring. <laughs> I would go to the gym more. <laughs> I feel like I've neglected and Mm. I'm throwing myself under the bus right now and I've for many years have, um, and I'm not an elite athlete, far from it, but I like to go to the gym. It's my meditation. I think you're an elite athlete. No, I'm not. Far from it. Trust me. Anyone that's done an Ironman, elite athlete, just as a little plug. Thank you. That's very kind. (laughs) It was many years ago. But I've neglected, neglected is the wrong word, I have I have compromised my training regime in order to work more. And the problem is I'm actually quite okay with it because I want to work. But I know the problem yeah. is I should actually go out and run and get to the gym. And so I'm making it a commitment here today that I am going to actually, instead of drive in um, every day or get a lift, I usually get a lift in some mornings with my husband, um, but I'm going to run into work at least wow, once nice. next yeah. week That's before it. we go to San Francisco. It's such a great way to start It's the only day. six kilometres. Yeah. I'm going to leave late one night here, drive home and actually leave my computer at work, which yeah. I've never, ever yeah. done. And then I'm going to run in the Do next it. morning. It's such a good feeling. And I'm going to own it and shower here at work and because I know the importance of it's literally going to take me 30 or 40 minutes. It's no time at all, but mm. I know even though one side of my brain is telling me right now, get to work, there's so much exciting stuff you're working on right now and some mornings I'm here at (laughs) 5 o'clock in the morning and I'm okay with that because I love my job and I think what we're doing is so important. But I know I have to go, you know what, Yaz? It can wait, start at 6.30 or 7 and actually go on that run like you promised 
and I know that I'll have a much better day. And not that I think I've ever had a really bad day the whole time, but I really, that's the one thing I would do differently. If I could rewind, I would hold myself accountable to Mm. my training regime more. To exercise, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I've been a bit naughty. In uh, the last program that we went through, the H2 Ventures Accelerator, amazing program, um, one of the founding partners, Toby Heap, um, in the beginning sessions, implemented this program called the corporate athlete I don't know Mm. if you've heard of it no but um, basically it was sort of saying just what we're talking about here that Mm. you know your performance at at work or Mm. in a startup like it's very strongly connected to you and so if you're not looking after yourself your Mm. physical health your mental well-being um, you know your social well-being then Mm. that's in the end it's just going to impact the business so we would fill out he would make us fill out a survey every couple of weeks with questions like you know are you a smoker how many cigarettes are you smoking a day how many units of alcohol are you having per week or per day um are you taking the time to spend time with friends and family Mm. um are you taking the time to learn something new and invest in yourself how many hours of sleep are you getting Mm. a night are Mm. you going for exercise like how many times a week and are you doing a high intensity exercise session anyway like it really made me reflect because you know you think about it and you you're never like really writing it down necessarily and you think oh yeah like I'm doing pretty okay but then once you're filling out this question that says well oh how many drinks did I have this week and how much sleep did Mm. I actually get and no Mm. I didn't get time to run this week at all and then it it really makes you sort of assess and yeah hold yourself accountable and realize that you might not be um, investing the best self into your business so yeah I think that's really important um, in life in general Um, definitely have let that and I think for me like I've just threw myself under the bus and I'll I'll I'm going to give myself a moment of praise. I think the reason I haven't faltered, like I could have easily faltered in the last 10 weeks not doing as much exercise as I should have, Mm -hmm. is every single day I've had my lunch packed and I eat carrots, celery, capsicum, hummus and tomatoes every single day. You're literally like the unenergizer bunny because you're really like full of energizer and you eat rabbit food. I know I do eat rabbit food. (laughs) But I think eating rabbit food has helped me not be that – like by by not doing the training but still maintaining good eating and mm. I think that's probably a good thing I've done oh, so such a good anybody thing. coming into an accelerator I've heard that from other people who are um, friend founders now in this in not necessarily this program we've only been in it 10 weeks but in other programs um, there was a lady telling me she put on 10 kilos in six months in the accelerator and I was like <gasps> that's terrifying I am not putting on 10 kilos there's no way that's happening to me I need to like put some controls <laughs> come in running with right me. now I think I need to so we do a lunch um, run. we're gonna have a bit of a chat about some of the upcoming episodes I guess like yes. we're thinking of um doing a couple but a couple on the top of uh, our list uh, we're going to talk have a talk about you know mental health and yes, and what it means definitely. to manage your mental health as a founder um, and yeah how there's something that's not really talked about enough mm. in in my opinion and also we're really interested to dig into what it's like to um, try and run a successful business that's based around impact mm. um, whilst also generate revenue and you know how you go about raising capital for a business like that as well and all these sort of um, approaches that come into that what are the, some of the other episodes that we have on on the list in store do you remember yes I really want to get some people into the room with us Jules Mm, I want to understand from other people who are out there both in the corporate world because I think 
as a startup, you can often be so immersed in startup that you don't talk to people who are not in startup. Mm. And I believe in in collaboration and co-opetition where there's people out there who know so much more than we do and they're not in the startup world and their perspective can help us Mm. as much as ours can help them. So it's like this mentor-mentee relationship. So for me, it's about bringing in professionals who are experts in their fields and I'd certainly be interested from our listeners out there, like what do they want to know from from anybody? And here's one of the things we've always been told, right, Um, both from MuraD and River City Labs. When you come into an accelerator, you pretty much have access to anybody. And so not that we have access to anybody quite yet ourselves, but we have access to some pretty amazing people that if you're on the outside of these walls, Mm. you would look in and go, oh, my God, you sit next to them or you got to have lunch with that person. It's quite mind-blowing, some of the people that we know. Absolutely. And so I'd really like to understand from our listeners who do they want to hear from and what is it that they want touched. Drop us a line with any, you know, special requests you have for topics that we can cover because we really want to you know make some um some sessions that are valuable to you guys and one thing i think we should do in our episode reel is i actually want to bring to the forefront and i'm going to swear which is not something i like to do often but there's a thing called fuck up nights (laughs) and it's where entrepreneurs (laughs) actually tell their fuck-ups and I went to one recently where Anne-Marie Burkle spoke about fucking up and I was like oh my god that woman is up on a pedestal and here she is vulnerable and what I like about this Jules is this is going to lead into the whole mental health side of things Mm. I think that society can get quite dangerous in that we put these masks on and pretend that everything is always okay Mm. and we often hide behind the reality in this space there's not much opportunity to keep a mask on and no, reality really is isn't. what we Sometimes see every day it's like and people in the accelerator have definitely seen me get you know a bit emotional and overwhelmed sometimes when for like you know sometimes like it doesn't take much to set me off but like i don't know i'm as i get older i'm coming becoming sort of less and less feeling like i really need to hide that mm. because yeah it is real and like i think you know everyone's going through that but the more we hide it the more we feel make others feel like they need to hide it and i think that that's something that we can maybe take responsibility for with this the whole entrepreneurs of impact for me impact is about you know making an impact in our business but mm. making an impact in lives as well i want to be real about this and oh, and we won't go into it today but i i will tell and share the story in a future episode of my first day in the accelerator when the first thing that happened was I sat in meeting room one with Christo and Lou and I cried and said, I can't do this. I have to not be in the accelerator. And here I am 10 weeks later in the accelerator. So totally not the expected start that I had planned Mm. but Mm. reality and I think it really set the scene for – the journey that I've been on as a co-founder in this accelerator and I really want to try and strip that make this podcast not this polished perfect wonderful scripted reel of awesomeness but that's not real life no it's not real life (laughs) but instead awesomeness but coupled with real and raw and true and mask free communication from Mm. anybody that we speak to and so 
you know, there's a shout out to anyone <laughs> in startup land or in corporate world who wants to come on the show and talk to us. We'll only let you on and in if you promise you leave your bullshit at the door and if you're I actually going to be real no, and like raw with us. We want you to a policy open here. up the jacket and show us everything. Absolutely. There is on the nothing. Entrepreneurs of Impact Well, then it's podcast, impactful, isn't it? We're raw and we're real. Oh, I love that. Can yep. we do that as our tagline? Absolutely. We're raw and we're real. Oh, I like that. Yeah, we could even spell good. real. R-E-E-L. Uh, <laughs> oh, we have to finish by okay. telling that funny joke. I love it. About Lockie. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so amazing. <laughs> Lockie. Um, today who works with us in the accelerator. He, From uh, Old Maps. Hold old on. Maps, He's yeah. awesome. He's totally awesome. He's so funny. He sent out an email to, was it to a customer today? <laughs> to a client. To a client today. And after he'd pressed send on the email, he kind of put it to the group <laughs> as questions just often come up. And he, he was like, hey, guys, how do you spell source? As in like, you know, like a source of information. Is it S-A- We're like. S-O-U. And I, I shout out like, yeah. O-U-R-C. S-O-U-R-C. And he's like going, Oh, and he literally went. I've emailed oh, shit. the wrong source, and we all started laughing. And I was like, "What?" As in, like S A U C E on the source. And he was like, "Oh no!" And he did. And so, and what I loved about it though is he's so raw and real, yeah. and that's what made me think of that story. He just went, "Oh fuck it!" Yeah, and he did. He just went, "It doesn't matter. It's not perfect, and no. it's okay." Yeah. It's and all that's good. it happens sometimes. That's life. And you got to always when you're in these situations I think the best thing is to like flip it back and say well how would someone else receive it? Like I've been on the receiving end of a lot of like funny emails reports with yeah. spelling errors like that you think like oh wow but you just kind of like have a bit of a laugh and think it, it humanizes it and you're like oh good like because it, it takes the pressure yeah. off you thinking that everything needs to be perfect because I read it and then you're thinking well I didn't judge them for this it's a perfectly good email otherwise yeah and move on and, and maybe so, yeah, yeah you go sorry it just humanizes, humanizes. It, it you feel like you don't have to be stressed about being perfect all the time and so maybe as to finish off today we wrap it up by saying <laughs> entrepreneurs of impact raw and real and remember it's not perfect and it's okay it's not perfect and it's okay that's my favorite quote of the day we'll leave you with that one thanks guys <laughs> thanks everyone See you next time.